is get valiant. Yes, it is. That's right. Get valiant number 173. What is happening, everyone? Eric, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm really stoked on what my COVID hair is doing lately. So that's Me a fun too. development. <laughs> you both look gorgeous from oh. where I'm sitting. Uh, speaking <laughs> of looking good, speaking of looking good, Matthew Klein's here with us again. Thanks, Matthew. Yay. So here, guys. And let me be very clear. Anytime I look good, it's purely by accident. So I'm... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it must be the lighting. Cool. Must be the lighting. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice fluorescence right over the laptop right here. So, <laughs> so you know, I wanted to get off and you know talk about some things and talk about Valiant. But first, I'm, I wanted I'm to here to talk all things Valiant, all the things I can say, all the things I can't say. I am at your your bidding here, and I'm just so grateful to be on and get to share a Wednesday night with you too. Yeah. So, what did you think about that Drew McIntyre and um, Orton fight, man? That wrestling match. Which one? Are you talking about from the pay-per-view or from yeah. the altercation this week? You know what? I freaking loved it, okay? I thought that, one, they avoided <laughs> doing any of the, the finishers for their false finish, which, you know what? That's bucking the trend. And, yes, it I stunned the Young Bucks on purpose. The Young and, Bucks. <laughs> uh, but, no, and he wins with a classic wrestling move and a classic Ric Flair spot, too, mm -hmm. which is freaking awesome and it sets up the rematch in a great yep. way where orton's like you got lucky you you know this would never happen next time and now we get it again a clash of champions so i'm down for it i think those two have great chemistry and randy orton's the best heel in the business yeah. i've said it um and drew mcintyre is coming into his own as a great baby face so well, current best heel i mean we all got to know the iron oh, sheep sure. is the best ever but oh, um number one yeah, got to be the Iron Sheik. If you haven't watched that Iron Sheik documentary, so you good. need to. Oh, so good. Yeah, you got to uh, make you cry. It will make you angry, but it is so good. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, there's some of those things make you cry. Just watch the uh, Von Eric documentary about the uh, the Von Erics oh. uh, on WWE Network, like the rise and the triumph and tragedy of world class. Or uh, it's called like Beyond the Mat, I believe. It's the it was on oh, Hulu. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring, yes. Yeah, oh, it's a great docu-series. Yeah. It's a great yeah. docu-series. The, the Chris Benoit episode, too, is it's tough. That, that dude was solid. I loved to meet some WCW in the day. So I mean, it, I've been re-watching every Clash of the Champions um, in order now. So I, I just skipped the, rate, the main papers. I'm just watching those until the Clash in a few weeks. So I'm in, like, 1989, I think, right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, number eight. It's so good. So, so what, what do you like? I think I've asked you this question before, but Stinger as in the crow or Surfer? Uh, personally, I'm Surfer Sting. Okay, cool. Me too. I'm, I'm Surfer Sting, and I really wish that he could have made it the jump to WWE in the 90s when he was Surfer Sting. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the sky was the limit. So uh, my embarrassing story about Surfer Sting, um, I was a supremely shy child, like insane. And uh, we were walking down Rittenhouse Square, and it was near Great American Bash 1992, I believe, which was in Philadelphia. And uh, all the wrestlers were there. And Bruno Sammartino, who was jumped over and was doing commentary for WCW, and Sting were doing like a meet and greet. 
And my mom tried to get me to go meet them. And I screamed and cried and ran into <laughs> like a wooded area. And apparently, I've only been told this, but like I was like covered up, like crying into my hands. And Sting actually came up to me to try and calm me down, but he couldn't. And so then he walked away. So I met Sting without ever actually meeting Sting. Oh, man. That's my favorite, dude. That's my favorite. That's my dude. I was, so, I was a sensitive child. Oh, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, having met Sting. Uh, without meeting him. Yep. Eric, you're, you're kind of quiet now. What's going on? You guys are talking about pro wrestling. Oh, you know who would have been a cool pro wrestler? Ray Garrison. Oh. Ray Garrison yeah. would have been a really badass pro wrestler. Yeah, or 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 some Visigoth, you know. Well, Visigoth is like, uh, I mean, how many cool names for his finisher does he already have? Like, just mm -hmm. there, there's a bajillion things. The Rising Spirit, uh, the Rampage, <laughs> um, the Jesse's Girl. Like, there's so many ways you could go with it. It would be uh, insane. But, yes, uh, Eric Abdasia. You know, look, I think considering his Visigoth background and the kind of training, he probably did have to train in some Greco-Roman stuff back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. His hand-to-hand. Um, so yeah, for hand-to-hand. I, hand hand yeah, I would say Colin King because he would uh, – he just has that, that, that cocky attitude that would be perfect on camera. He'd be great for a professional wrestler, but Eric would throw down as an amateur wrestler. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that all day. So, oh, so I mean, who, Colin, who, who, Colin King is like the Ric Flair of the value here. <laughs> yeah. To be very clear. I, I was going to say his, his perfect tech teammate <laughs> might be Lord uh, William Regal. Ooh. That pairing, ooh. man. Now, know. wait, William Regal or Steven Regal? Uh, William Regal. Well, really? Old, okay. old, younger, you know what I mean? Old When he was younger. But yeah, oh, yeah, Lord Steven. Yeah. Oh, man. His matches with Ricky Steamboat in 93 for the television title. Just yep. amazing. <laughs> Superb. Superb. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. I know <laughs> what you're the talking about. Fun, the real fun is thinking, what would the entrance themes be? Like, which pro wrestling entrance theme goes with which Valiant character? Yeah, that, I think you you already said Ric Flair for that would be Ric perfect. Flair for Colin, yeah, so Colin he gets like the 2001 Space Odyssey theme goes to Colin King. And then I would say uh, Road Warriors for Ray Garrison. Just opening up. Oh, Ooh, with the Oh, what a rush. Yeah. Ah, that's really fun. That's yeah. really, really fun. I really dig that. Um, I feel like Roku would get the, uh, the Burn It Down from Seth Rollins from a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's something to that. Or she gets the the page like this is my house theme like just right. starts out with the scream or something. Yeah, she would be a good female professional wrestler for She'd sure. Be a phenomenal professional wrestler, absolutely. Yeah. People around with her hair. Uh, Bianca <laughs> Belair does it now, basically. So I mean, it works. That oh, that would man. be fun to get that stuff in there. I so. can't see what the comments are right now, but I am imagining what they. <laughs> 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 And so let's move on for Eric's sanity, I guess. Um, we're here to talk about Valiant. We're here to talk about things. And, and guys, we're really here to have uh, everybody in the comments chat and put in the comments. Um, whether you're live, put it in the live chat. If you're watching later, put that in the comments below. Uh, we'll touch base with Matthew on some of these if they're after the fact. Hit me, Hit me again. Happy to. But 
I want to start off by I saw a news release today, but Did I wanna, you? but I don't want to go into the facts of the news release. I want to go into that first sentence. What was the first sentence? It talked about um, before Harbinger comes out in Hollywood to the big screen next year. Oh. So, what can we say besides more than that line? I mean, you kind of know what I know. You know, there's a press release that went live a couple weeks ago, talked about a projected dates in 2021. Um, and so projected is, is the, the term that I know and love at the moment. And uh, I wait with bated breath for more updates. Um, and when I get some, uh, you know, we will develop our hand signals and maybe some, maybe some like third base coach sort of sign language that we can get going here. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there. But I think that it's, uh, look, we're, we were all really, really excited when Paramount was able to get their hands on Harbinger, um, what they're looking to do over there. They are very, very motivated by all counts for a superhero universe of their own. Um, it's a very exciting opportunity uh, to see what's going on. And, you know, again, projected 2021. Uh, I just, more than anything else, I'm fascinated by who's going to be cast as Peter Stanchek. Like, I'm really curious to see who they do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think... what I want to know is a cast. Yeah. Um, who would you cast? I don't We're even know. I'll hear the fantasy book a little bit. Um... <laughs> who, would, who would you, who's, who's your Peter? Who's your faith? Who's your Harada? So Harada, I think everybody knows, has to be um, Ken oh Watanabe. Why am I Ken Wan Ken Watanabe? Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, that feels actually, like a very like obvious choice. I feel like like that's the the no brainer, right? It's like right. low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so just because the Dune trailer just came out. The first name that pops into my mind for Peter is actually Timothy Chalamet, because he Ooh. is an amazing actor. Very interesting. Very interesting. And you he could go on the younger side. Sure. Well, you got it right. Like Peter's Peter's got to be a teenager um, for something yeah. like this. Like it's it's because that's what Harbinger is. Harbinger is that like teen revolt, generational conflict. Um, the invincibility of youth thinking that you know better than the system and, and going at it like that's what Harbinger's always been. So you gotta you gotta cast younger, in my opinion. Right. I mean, I don't get to produce the movie, but in my opinion, what right. about you, Peter? Who you got? Oh man, you know the one that kept coming to me, and I was thinking he's probably older now. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys ever watched the TV show Animal Kingdom on uh, TBS. Uh, Solid. There's a dude in there named Finn Cole. He's the main character. Plays a guy named Cody, and he just has he just portrays this lost kid. Like you, it almost seems like he's already playing Pete Stanchek in that, and that's probably again like a low hanging thing. Somebody who's played a similar role in it, but he's he he just reminds me of it in this show, and so it's hard to like oversee that kid playing something else. Nice. Wait, Eric, you didn't give us your faith. Who's your faith? Oh yeah. Um, so I remember when Beanie Feldstein was being mm -hmm. kind of teased oh, yeah. as a potential yeah. and I could totally see that. Um, but that's the only one that really comes to mind for me. No, that's fair. And again, it's, it's part of that. Like, we, however, you got to decide on how old the casting's going to be, right? What age are the, the actors going to be for there? And it really does change the, the talent pool, I guess. So that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I okay. just think. Now, now that it has come to my mind, I am totally sold on the idea of Timothy Chalamet as, as Pete <laughs> because 
Done. He's such he's such an amazing actor that um the complexity of Pete, especially if we're thinking of um Dysart's run as source material, which obviously I have no idea if that's what it'll be, but if we're thinking of Dysart's run as source material, then Pete's gonna be this tortured and um very morally ambiguous character. And I feel like, you know, Timothy Chalamet has the acting chops to pull that off. So that would be my that's my new uh All right. dream so... casting. So here's what we do, guys. When the casting news comes out, um, if either of you are correct, I will come up with one of the coolest Holy Grail Valiant items that I can. Oh. And I'll send it to you as a congratulations for your fan casting. <laughs> that awesome. would be amazing. Thank you. Um, and it's Greg, on camera. Greg says Clint on video. You got me to my word. I will send it. So. Greg says Clint Eastwood for... Uh, for Pete. For Pete? Clint Eastwood. Clint? Yep. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's clearly good age casting. There's a reason <laughs> that Greg is in publicity and not as a casting agent. <laughs> oh, man. Hi, Greg. Greg is, um, Greg is here to make sure that I behave. Oh, Greg, come on. <laughs> I, don't I just don't need that. I have my phone by my side waiting for text being like, you're screwing up. <laughs> Uh, but um, you know another one that I, I had heard people talk about was I'm not forgetting the kid's name but he was on Maze Runner he was the, the, yeah. the head guy from that yeah yeah I've heard that one rumored around I heard that rumor too yeah that was, yeah so that wouldn't be bad no I don't remember his name but I, I'd be I down there's I think character I think Peter's a really interesting enough character that you could get a lot of cool choices a lot of cool choices with him so definitely yeah, and, and, and it also all comes down to the director, right? What style are they going for? What tone are they going for? How you know how punk rock is this going to be? You know, it's it's it, that also plays such a big role. So, I also think that there's something to be said about the idea of putting no names in some of these, sure, you know, roles. People that don't have you know haven't headlined a movie in the past, absolutely. Um, especially yeah. if you get some of the supporting cast as big names. To me, like. I think that Torque should be John Cena, and then um, and then you have that ability to like, okay, we've got a name attached to this that people know, and then have some lower, uh, you know, less known. Oh, Dylan O'Brien, there you go, that's the guy. Dylan O'Brien, um, thank you, Greg. But uh, but yeah, I think that um, yeah, you make John Cena as not the kid Torque, but no, he'd have to be projected Torque, yeah. But you know yeah. what? That's that's okay because like you you do that, and then Faith like has a crush on John Cena. You can play into something like that. Like that could be hilarious for for kind of the comedy of it all. Like mm -hmm. uh, man, hustle, loyalty, and respect. It's all about torque. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Who was the one I was thinking? The uh, do you guys remember that old show? What was it? I think it was Steve Carell or Gar Greg Kinnear, Middle Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin. Ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, if you look at you know more more images of her now, you know she was a good yeah. little actor back then. Oh, um, she was like one of yeah. the youngest people to be. Wasn't she nominated for an Oscar for Little Miss Sunshine? I believe she was. Like she I was super she was. young. She was like twelve or something. Like it was insane. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just feel like she would be a, a a good call for that. I don't know. That's that was kind of. I, I mean, I liked. Um, um, 
She was great. Jonah Hill's little sister, but yes. Yeah, Beanie. Yeah. Beanie yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think I'm just gonna have to come back once they make some casting announcements, and we can actually just say, "All right, how close to the mark did we get here?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I mean, I definitely did not call Vin Diesel as Bloodshot, and I thought that ended up being a good choice. So I'm really curious to see if we get some out of left field casting that ends up working really yeah. well. You know, I think that out of left field casting, it's it's that interesting thing where your knee jerk reaction is to go, really? Yes, yeah. that's, that's where we're going. But when you give it a chance and you give people an opportunity to prove you wrong, you know, and, and give them a fair shake, a lot of times you can be like, I never saw it, but now I get it, you know, and it's it's one of those deals. Um, yeah. So I, I and I, I thought Vin did a really nice job bringing that the character to life and and bringing a lot of heart to the role. So, so let's see what they come at us with Harbinger now. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the classic example of um, don't judge a casting by its announcement was Heath Ledger as the Joker, right? Like everybody, you know, Batman has a whole history of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk about Batman, Robert Pattinson, like who would have thought that he could be Batman. And now it looks like that's going to be amazing. I mean, Michael Keaton, everyone went Mr. Mom. Right. Gonna, well, because you got to remember too, like with with eighty nine Batman, the only live action Batman people had seen was the sixty six show. So everybody was like, "Oh, you cast Mister Mom, so this is going to be a comedy, right? You're going to go back to the campy stuff." And a lot of the a lot of the fans were like, "We don't want that. We want dark. We want gritty. We want." And then he blew everybody away. Now you can't. Now he's coming back thirty years later to play Batman again. Like it's insane. So. Craziness. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's the thing. You can't, I, I love that motto. You can't judge a casting by its announcement. Yeah. You yeah. really, you're really going to have to see the movie, the script. I mean, all of it together, it's going to play in. And you know, that's the way it has been with a lot of movies in the past sure. of things that have happened where, you know, they may have been written off, you know, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. To a point was written off at one time in his career. Tremendously uh, written yeah. off. And look where he's turned out to be. I mean, so I, I think you you have to kind of look at that to that degree, and uh, and just you know have a good story together, good, good career. This you know if it's somebody who's got doesn't have a big portfolio, this will be their their star point, right? Not something else to be there. You know, I mean, film film like comics, right? But on a whole different scale. I mean, it's all about collaboration, and you know the actor is is a very the actor is a very crucial point. It's a very face. You know, it's it's a very external facing part, right? You know, that's that's what we see. But what you don't see is like who's the cinematographer they chose to make this movie look insane? Who's gonna do the music on there to give an amazing soundtrack that gets your heart racing during the action scenes that without it would fall flat, you know? And there's there's so many people who are the stunt choreographers hired on here to make the action look amazing. Um, like something like Daredevil, right? So it's there's so many factors and there's so much of the casting, not just of the actors, but of the crew that are going to make or break a film that we don't even realize. Right. And, you know, it's it's like a stew. It's just a lot of really good ingredients and you got to get the right, got to get the right ones in there together. So when, we'll when we get Scorsese on it, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, if we get Scorsese on it, it's going to be four hours, and everyone's going to end up being in their eighties by the time it's over. And we're going to do flashbacks and just 
Uh, De Niro yeah, Joe, will Joe, play every part. De Niro will say, Joe, De Niro Joe Pesci's will be Toya Harada and we'll have a whole other headache on our hands. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Gosh. No, I, I'm so what we were talking about though is that oh. there's gonna be the, the panel yes. coming up that was yes. announced today. We, we made the announcement today. Uh, we're going to be part of Metaverse, uh, which is kind of the, the – they're doing New York Comic Con virtual this year, so we got in. Um, it was really exciting to be part of the first wave of announcements. If you look, uh, there was no other comic book publisher listed in this first wave of announcements for who's going to be doing uh, programming at uh, Metaverse. And I'm really honored that they gave us that sort of placement. They're very excited about what we've got coming. Uh, we are all very excited about the cast of characters that we're going to have on this panel. Um, all the cool stuff we're going to be able to show you guys. The things that you can't... Oh, who are the secret co-writers? Who are they? Hmm. I'm trying to figure out how can I... How do I tease? Well, here's what I'll say. Um, what day is it today? September 9th, 10th, nice. 9th? Um, at least for, for 90 more minutes for me on the, on the West, on the East coast. I don't even know where I am anymore. Um, <laughs> the secret co-writers will not be so secret much longer. Um, I'm just saying if, if you guys might want to keep an eye out, uh, to a certain place that could really heat things up in a few weeks, uh, you might see an announcement or two. Hmm. That could heat things up. Just, just saying. Well, well, it's, it's tough to to deal with the heat, especially as the weather starts to cool down. But if you've got the vision for it, you'll see it. Awesome. Oh man! I know that's one really? thing you're looking forward to. Yeah, that is, absolutely. That is where you will learn. You will learn all these wonderful secrets. So do not worry. The answers will be very shortly yeah we definitely want to know um um i'm assuming that's going to be a lot of the talk yeah greg classified number one and classified <laughs> number two thanks greg thanks for clearing that up <laughs> um yeah i'm definitely excited to see you know what announcements come out um one thing that I did want to ask about, and I know um, Sean was hoping that we would get to quicker. I don't know if he's already gotten sick of the fan casting, but um, we wanted Shut to know about, yeah, um, about comics coming out. Um, yes. So one thing with the November solicitations that I noticed is that mm -hmm. we're still only at two books and there's yes. no bloodshot. Those are, tell me why, you know, how concerned should I be as a Bloodshot fan? You should not be concerned at all. So I will I will tell you right up front. Um, let's see. It is September 9th. We've, de we've determined that is the day. Um, there is an announcement about the next arc of Bloodshot that's going to be coming to you rather soon. Um, and by soon, I mean soon, soon. So I would keep your eyes peeled. Um, there might be – I don't know if you've ever heard of a place called Sci-Fi – but I would keep my eyes peeled. Um, if you can find it online, it's a, a small little, you know, rinky-dink operation, but they got a lot going for them. Um, but uh, keep your eyes peeled. There will be a reveal soon about the future of Bloodshot and what's coming up next. 
for the next big story that's coming down the pike, which you guys saw a little tease of already um, and stuff that's already been published. Some Wiggins coming back, some KT coming back in a arc near coming to us is happening, and that's awesome. Um, Very. Yes, and it will yeah. be... And it will be shortly too. So do not you will not have to wait long for that thing to kick off. But so what is that with the solicits only having a couple books right now? Um, and then kind of seeing more. Are we are we is is that it with that solicits, or is there going to be more? Um, That's that is what we've got coming for that month. I think that one of the things you're gonna be seeing is we've been giving the marketplace a lot of time right now. We've been giving it space. I think last time I came on here with you guys, you know, we, we talked about how we're in communication with retailers every single day. We're keeping an eye on the marketplace. We're keeping an eye on how Diamond's reporting things. We're keeping an eye on the numbers out there. You and I, who's talked a little bit before, even Eric got on. And right now we're just surveying the scene. We're surveying the bigger picture. We are in no rush to have to jeopardize the sales of books by putting them out too soon. We've been given all the space in the world. And so what we're doing is we're gonna keep the spotlight on Bloodshot, Rye, XO for the next few months. Um, and then as we get closer and the end of the year announcements are coming pretty soon, um, for what's going to be happening in 2021, you've already seen one of them with Ninjak. Um, more are on their way. So you're going to start hearing us make a lot more noise about what's coming down the pike and when. Um, so right now, it's all just a long game. It's all a patience game. It's all a thing for us being aware of the direct market and making sure that we are not too much too soon. Um and just making sure that we, we give these books the absolute best possible shot to be as successful as they can be. Um, and that is the bigger thing. In the long term, because we're not going anywhere. We got time. You know, the industry's not going anywhere. Valiant's not going anywhere. We have the time. We're going to use the time right now. So one thing i mean we all want the new series we all want ninjack we all want you know new books coming but one sure. thing that has kind of um that we haven't heard about for a little bit is visitor yes. and do you can you say anything about when we might see that wrapped up um i you know it's funny i was having that conversation today as to when that's going to happen um so we are setting our sights on when to bring visitor back, how soon in 2021 we can do that. Um, that might be part of the round of the announcements that you hear coming out sooner than later. So yes, I, it will be, uh, I will say this, I don't think it's gonna be before 2021 for visitor, um, but it will be, it, it is being slated on the schedule literally as of today for when we're gonna be able to see that story arc and uh, and for what it's going to be teasing in the future so how okay. have cells been you know i see that you know from from what they post that like dr tomorrow you know yeah. like how well, have they here's, been here's the thing right now the the big question from every publisher as we come back into putting product into the marketplace is are your numbers going to stay the same as they were before? Are they going to drop? 
How much are they going to drop? Um, could they go up? It's it's a bit of a Russian roulette at times. Um, I've talked with with people from other publishers who have said their numbers have crashed and burned. Um, I've talked with other publishers who have said that some numbers went up, some numbers went down. And I've talked with other publishers that said their offerings stayed flat. Um, and so it's, it's truly a bit of a pick em right now in terms of where it is. As far as our sales projections and where things are, we're pretty pleased with the response. You know, we're seeing stability in the marketplace. We're hearing from retailers that they want to start revving up and preparing for new product. They, they're getting ready for number ones to be able to push them. And especially with other companies that are cutting down significantly the amount of books that they're putting out there. Um, some are going to be cutting down up to a third of their line um, as has been reported. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity right now, but those big changes aren't going to be really permanent until the end of the year, which is why we're putting the number ones into 2021 to be ready for a marketplace. That's going to be really hungry for that new content. And that's the, the thinking right now. So as far as the sales concern, we're satisfied. We're satisfied with where the sales have been. Um, some quite frankly have been better than expected. We've had to make some changes. Um, in terms of some of the cover lineups, you'll see certain things get moved around. COVID is COVID. We've got to adapt. We've got to adjust. We've got to make the, the pivot where we can. Um, and from all that, we're, we're seeing a nice response. But also, that's more to the point of why we're not rushing to do more yet. Because we want to see the trend line for this go over several months. And we see when the opportunity is coming. And that's when we want to make the most of it. Awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do we, I don't know. I, I, I doubt that you're going to be able to give us much of an answer, but do we have any, do you have any indication of what number ones we're going to see when, like maybe not when, but like what number ones we should expect to see sooner than others? Like, are we going to get Savage right away, or is it going to be Ninjak being pushed? Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Like, we well, all want Shadow Man. I mean, God, who doesn't want? I, listen, and I, I, I th this is this is this is not Matthew, VP of Sales and Marketing, speaking right now. This is Matthew, just as a comic book fan and a comic book reader. Um, I am so excited for the lineup of books that we've got coming from Ninjak to Shadow Man to Savage to Final Witness. Oh, I need um, one of those. Oh. So it's, uh, I as, as a reader, I don't think I've ever been more excited for these books to come out. I'm so pumped for it. I think mm -hmm. that it's the question of when and where. So generally with comic books, um, when you look at our sales history especially, and I have no problem going inside baseball with you guys, this is what we're here for. There are certain months that are generally stronger for others. Um, they're generally, we, we like to think of them as kind of anchor points on our schedule every year. Uh, some of the biggest, best-selling months for us are kind of the spring months, March, April, May, are generally very strong months for sales. September and October, um, you can do a great launch in November. Um, you can do a strong launch in December. It's very hard to make the numbers stick, though, 
uh, from twos, threes, and fours on those generally because of the ordering cycle. You get caught in the holiday period and then in the dead zone of January where everyone chops their numbers down because they don't make money in January for most comic shops anymore. So you've got to look at the calendar and you've got to see, all right, traditionally March is a super strong month. Comics Pro is before that month. Emerald City is that month. It's a good time to put something out there. That's why we did EXO this year, right? So the question is, do you put a tentpole like Shadow Man in a month like February, or do you save it for one of those traditionally stronger months like April, May, um, or March, especially because what's the big thing that until this year happens in May? You guys know. Hmm. Free comic book day. Yeah. So <laughs> free comic book day, first Saturday of May, you have more foot traffic than any other single day of the year, except maybe on occasion, December 23rd. But when you're going in for September 23rd, you're not going in for single issue comics. You're going in for your Christmas gifts. So, so generally speaking, most publishers need to put out something really big and they want to put some of their strongest or at least their tentpole anchors in April or May. Because if it's the end of April, you're only a week out from free comic book day, right? So from there, you are able to still piggyback off that, that heat. Or you put it in late May or early May and you have free comic book day lead into that number one. Uh, Shadow Man naturally goes to Halloween. I do not disagree with you, Scott. Um, but is that a reason to do it? Or actually is it better to counter program by doing it in May and having the heat with free comic book day? These are the questions that you have to look at. So the real question is, that we're looking at is when can we get the number one out there? If it's gonna be January or February, then I probably wouldn't put Shadow Man or Ninjak um, in those months because those are not traditionally the strongest sales months, right? But if something like Savage or Final Witness or the or thing I almost said, Harbinger. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, I don't know, <laughs> she's great though. But um, no, so I think that it, it all depends on where. So it's one of those things. You may see Savage go before Shadow Man, and it's not because we're showing favoritism over one series or the other. What we're doing is we're looking at the calendar. We're looking at the sales history. We're looking at the general market trends. And quite frankly, guys, we're in a whole new ballgame now because of what's going on. We don't know if the traditional months are still going to be the traditionally strong months. You don't have Emerald City Comic Con. You don't have San Diego. You don't have New York even in the same vein that you used to. Free Comic Book Day got changed this year. Will it be changed next year? I don't think so. Uh, all indications point that Free Comic Book Day will probably be Free Comic Book Day again. But, you know, it's one of those things where do you, do you take a giant swing without as much data or do you try for something that you can really like test the waters in um, that we've already got people excited on. So that's what we're weighing right now. That's the, that's the factors that we're going through day in and day out. And we have to reevaluate it on a near weekly basis because we get more data every FOC. Every Monday um, we see more data come in that has to inform these decisions. So, and we're not alone. Every publisher is facing the exact same circumstances. But that's the kind of thinking. So that's the inside baseball. I'm sorry I bored you guys. But um, no, no, that's what what we're asking about. And yeah. you know, you gave you gave the real answer. So 
I, there's, there's no reason to hide it from you guys. I want you guys to, you know, I can I can't always tell what all the ingredients in the sequel in the secret sauce is, but I'm happy to share some of the recipe with you. So <laughs> the hard part is, you know, the the correct answer for when the comic book needs to be released is today. Um, yes. I mean, that's oh, the right right. answer, but that's not always the answer. Now, yeah. it's the, the answer I want to give to you is like, oh, yes, here's Shadow Man right now. I'm giving it all to you, you know, as we talk. Um, I, you know, un unfortunately, the, the bounds of the model that we're in and the bounds of the, the system as they are in the world as it is, we have so many X factors that we have to go through. And, 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 I, and I wouldn't be doing my fans justice if I don't call this out. Is you know you had released that Exo Man War number two was going to be coming out in November, yes. and then we got and then we get this and we're only seeing Rye. Um, yeah, you know, as fans, like it's frustrating when we're seeing these releases of a certain month, and then when it comes to that point, we're not seeing it. You know, and so that totally, was hard. Totally understand, and that's it's it's one of those it's one of those situations where it's it's never the preference. For, for us, you know what I mean? Like it's it's clearly not our ideal circumstances. We wanna get back up to someday being back to six books a month, eight books a month, someday 10 to 15. I would kill for us to be at 20 books a month someday, right? That's my end goal, you know, somewhere in there. Um, and right now, unfortunately, you, you find yourself in a position where you've gotta make these choices. And the key thing that we ask of you guys is that it's one of the reasons why I come on here. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to give you guys the opportunity to ask these questions, to ask when is Bloodshot coming back? What's your decision making on there? So it's tough. The 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 speed of communication can be a bit of the thing that bites you in the butt, you know. Um, so I totally understand the frustration there. and We were anticipating it. Just again, one of the reasons why I'm here to say keep an eye out for the Bloodshot announcement. You'll find it by the end of the month. You'll see what that new arc is going to look like when it's coming back how we're going to lay it out there, what the cover art's going to be on there, and we'll go from there. So, Awesome. And, and is this expected to be a continuation? Coming. It's coming. Sorry? And this is expected to be a continuation, not a, like, re, like not a no, reboot, but no, a remembering? No, no. Uh, we're, we're, keeping, we're keeping with Tim's vision. Perfect. You know, we, we're, we're absolutely, the next arc is all Tim's. We want to make sure that he's on there. And we see, we want to see the next phase of what he's got in store for Ray Garrison. Awesome. I'm just hoping yeah. for a karaoke scene. That's my dream. <laughs> I just, I mean, ah, more valiant so karaoke. Uh, I think, I think valiant karaoke is something we should start instituting on a monthly basis. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it all started with what? Ninjak number one. Um, Weaponeer. Yep. Weaponeer. Yep. So Absolutely. Hopefully we can get some more. I mean, maybe we see some in Savage when he comes out. Um, I think he would. Not know God. what the hell the thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Did you guys get to see what what pages did you guys get to see of Savage Number One? Really? Not many. Okay. A couple. We'll fix yeah. that. So as <laughs> as we get ready for the announcement, we'll fix that. Um, All right. I I am I am so insanely ready for Savage because I I think that one. This is going to be making good on all the potential that B. Claymore and Lewis and Clayton set up in that first series. I think that this is going to take that foundation and just take it to the next level. Um, 
I am so excited for Nate Stockman's art on this thing too. He is, if you do not know Nate's artwork, go find him on Twitter. Look at the commissions that he posts. Look at the, um, uh, look at the pages that he gives sneaks peeks of. Nate is a guy that is coming out so strong and is so passionate into this project. Um, and it's going to be something that is just going to blow people away, I think. And it's going to be a vibe that you weren't expecting. But once you read that first scene, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is everything I ever wanted out of this book. And I didn't even know it. He's taking he is they are exploring possibilities for this character that were all, that have been there and that you didn't even realize were there the whole time. It's phenomenal. It is some of the most fun I've read in a comic in probably about two years. So I think that's one thing that's a little bit like I didn't think of the B Claymore run as a very fun book. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it was, it was a serious, it was a, yes, it was, I mean, it's it drug was much more. His parents are getting killed. Like it's a, it's a very, it's a very serious book. It's a it's very heavy. serious book, but where does he leave you with it? Right. He leaves you with him in London, fish out of water. What happens next? Where does it go from there? And so what I think Clay did a beautiful job of is he told that really dark, serious story, but then he set up this literal world of possibilities for where he can go. And so you don't have to be tied necessarily to keep the exact same tone, but you do have to pay tribute to what's come before. And you do have to acknowledge what came before and you have to keep the essence of that character, right? You know, and that's that they're doing a wonderful job of. But literally, Clay opened up so many possibilities for this character, and they are taking those and just going. I mean, there is there is not a down moment in this book that I've been able to find yet, which is incredible. Like from a pacing standpoint, you move, you go, and it's it's unbelievable all the way through. And you will you will have some you will have different types of family drama on this one. Uh, than what you got in the first series, but it will be there. And family plays a major role, and his family and his tie to that past play a very big role um, for this series. So, that yeah, it's definitely a huge change in art, right? Coming yeah. from La Rosa and Clayton Henry um, to where we're at with uh, this new, you know, more comic book, more cartoon uh, look compared to the more realism that those two portrayed. So, I guess that's a that's a that's a good move because you don't it all depends on the stand up to La Rosa, but yeah. No, it's not even about that. Again, it, it comes down to you know you you've changed the world he's in. You know he's no longer on the island. Right. So he's no longer on the island. You've got it. You now you have to adapt the art style on some level for the world that you're going to be in, and you've got to adapt the art for the next story that you're telling. Um, and so I think that Nate does that beautifully on this book. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's an evolution of the art style and it's an evolution of the character in a certain way. And that's going to be a really fascinating journey to take with them on it. Um, and man, I mean, if you look at, if you look at that promo piece that we put out there with the initial announcement with Savage on the car in London, like there ain't nothing weak about that piece that is a fierce hardcore savage coming at you kind of energetic style that you're going to get from this and that's the big key energy when i think of savage i think of energy 
and I think it's a very it's a great intensity that Nate is doing, but he's got different he has a different dossier to fill than what Clayton and Lewis did. And that's the key. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I it sounds like it's going in the right direction. And I think that we're <clears throat> kind of like we were talking about with movies, you know, it's hard to judge you know, when you hear, oh, this actor is going to play this iconic character, it's hard to know what that's going to end up looking like. Sure. And seeing a new artist draw a character that we love, um, it's hard to say, like, oh, this is going to feel this exact way, or this is is or isn't going to fit because it, you know, how it compares to what was done previously. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a matter of reading that issue number one For and sure. really getting really getting a feel for what the what what the collaboration is like you know because yes. it's one thing to see an artist draw a character and in you know have a couple of panels or a few pages here and there it's another thing to actually get to experience the way that the writer and the art team work together and Without how question. the vision comes across so. and look and and I will and you know myself or Greg like as soon as Savage Number One is out there, as soon as you're ready to to give us your honest feedback of what you think of it, we'll be ready for it. You know, but it's you know it's a story that we're really excited by. It's a story that we're really excited to share with you guys. We really think that you know Max and uh, and Nate are really doing this character justice and are just going to explode the possibilities um, that the first series promises with that last page and. We're gonna we're gonna go balls to the walls with this thing. It is not gonna be a boring book, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, then, I mean, what what do we know on the, what Jeff Parker and Javier uh, Polito have come out with? Oh, guys, 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 guys. Um, anything you could show us? You know. <laughs> How do I see? We want to see colored pages. That's what we want to see. I would love, to, see, seen... I would love to be able to show those to you right now. Javier Pulido is renowned for his storytelling, his panel layouts, his ability to engross you in action in a way that you never expected you would be. Um, I have never seen a scene of two guys in a bar talking about the spy game ever in the way that Javier does so in Ninjak. And it blew me away. And I think that what you're going to see with Javier is you're going to see an absolute master in storytelling, literally just cutting loose with no boundaries. Um, literally it's up to his imagination. So Javier's storytelling is so visceral. You are going to see some ridiculous action. You're going to see Colin King put to the test. You're going to see Colin King in a situation that he's not comfortable with because he's a man. He is a super spy with something to prove. And that makes Colin King a very, very, very dangerous, very dangerous man. Um, and you're going to see Ninjak with his back up against the wall for this story. And we're really excited. Jeff Parker, I mean, when you look at his credits, 
this man knows how to tell action. He knows how to go through the inner psyches of complex characters, but characters that you learn about through the things that they do, not just as talking heads. And that's the key. This is a story in motion. This is an art team and a character that's perpetually in motion. And I think it's gonna be really, really, really exciting as you guys see that first issue and see what they have in store for you. And it's one of those things where this is an opportunity for a story for Ninjak, not quite that we've seen so far. And that's the goal. We wanna be pushing the boundaries of the story. We wanna be pushing these characters to their limits. And I think that Jeff and Javier are gonna make Ninjak soar in a way that we've not quite seen before. And let me be perfectly clear, I love the previous series we've done with Ninjak and Ninja K. I adore them. I remember as every issue of Matt Kent was coming in, I would stop whatever I was doing. I would just lie to my bosses and just stop whatever I was doing and read that issue as they were coming in. It's something very similar for Christos. And I have that same level of excitement right here every time I see the new script and new pages when I see what Javier and Jeff are doing. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm definitely glad to hear that. And I'm, I'm really curious. Um, I think that Javier is a very interesting choice for the book. And you talk about left field casting, Eric. This is yeah, left field casting. It is. It 100% is. And it's going to be really, and this is what we've been talking about with a few things, is it, it's going to come down to how that first issue reads. And that's one of the reasons why I say we want to see colored art, because sure. I feel like the um, the line work only says so much. I mean, colors add an enormous amount to comic book. And especially when you have somebody drawing in... Um, I don't know if I want to say minimalistic kind of way, like, um, I mean, it's, it's it, Javier comes from a European tradition. You know, it's a very, I mean, if you, if you look at like Renard and, and everybody, like there are, there are examples out there of people who do something similar to Javier. People have impersonated Javier, but they can't match his storytelling. Um, it's similar to David Aja. You have a lot of people that try to imitate David Aja, but very few can pull it off he's David Aja. Mike Del Mundo is another one, right? There, there are these artists that really, they, they are who they are for a reason and they create the trends of artwork. Javier has been an artist like that. Look at his Robin Year One, look at his stuff. I mean, he's one of the most celebrated Spider-Man artists of all time and he didn't have to do that much to get the title. It's, it's incredible. So one of the brilliance with Javier is he can be economic and purposeful and efficient in the amount of lines he uses to gut punch you with that story and keep that thing moving in a way that you can't stop ever. And that is something that you see Javier do tremendously. Um, and that's the kind of thing that he's bringing to the book that I'm really excited for. But it is, we knew, let's be perfectly clear, we all knew when we looked at Javier Polito, this is not what you've seen before, but we also understand the caliber of the artist that we have and we understand the masterclass he teaches in storytelling. And we thought that Colin King deserved nothing less than that quality of artist and that caliber of artist. And that's why he's on that book. All I, all I can say is that I, I hope that um, 
when you see the first issue, you'll be the judge. You know, yeah. that's that's where, and that's the beauty of it, guys. Once you read that first issue and the second issue, and when you see where that story goes, all of us get to decide for ourselves. Is, yeah. is this for us? Is this where it goes? You know, and that's the key. Nope, I, I think you're exactly right. And um, one thing that I think that, you know, a company, especially somebody, you know, a publisher with as small a line as Valiant has, whether it's, um, you know, two books a month right now or six books a month, or even if it gets to 10 books, whatever, you know, it's still a relatively small number of comics. And I think something that's extremely important is to not have every single comic be geared toward the exact same reader. Absolutely. So I think that it makes sense to not say, you know, well, we want the Ninjak book to look exactly like the Bloodshot book. As much as I would love, you know, for them to look exactly the same, because I love the way that both uh, Brett Booth and Mark have done um, Bloodshot. Um, I definitely understand, you know, the, that you can't have that exact same thing on a Ninjak book coming out at the same time. You can't have, you know, you can't have it all be the exact same thing and expect to have a diverse fan group, you know, a diverse uh, readership. Well, I think, I think you touched on something really cool here, Eric, which is that, you know, you, there's, there's no reason for us to have a house style. Um, a lot of like when I remember working in shops and I still hear the conversations, you know, for other publishers, it's like, man, all the books look the same. I don't even know what book I'm reading anymore. They're crossing over so much. I can't remember. Like this artist is clearly a clone of that artist and it goes and goes and goes. There's no reason for us to have to fall into that trap. Um, and it is a trap. And it's, it's, it's something that a lot of publishers do for short-term gain, and we're looking at the long-term. And again, when you look at the bench of artists that we've got on our books, from Brett and Mark to Juan Jose Rip to Javier Polito now to Nate Stockman now to, to, the, to the person you're going to find out about very soon, um, <laughs> Uh, to John Davis Hunt on Shadow Man, those two artists truly do, they do not look the same. No two are alike exactly. But what they do is that they all fit the story that they're trying to tell. And they all are game and they are all putting in 190,000% into their love for these characters and into their love for the story. And they are so genuinely excited to be giving you guys these stories and these comics and to be working on these characters. Um, and that the love that they put into these characters is the love that you wish that you hope to get creators on this scale to do. And it's, it's been really rewarding to see that. But the beauty of it is too, is the sandbox gets bigger, right? it gets even more cool talent, even more people want to tell these stories and are getting a chance to, and that's really cool. And again, some of it's left field casting, some of it is casting you saw coming a mile away, and that's the beauty of it. And that, that ignites the controversy, and that's okay, because once you see the quality, that answers a lot of the questions. Yeah, I mean, some of those crazy, uh, you know, like you said, left field casting, some of those really get us talking and um, get people paying attention to what's going on. So definitely, 
there's some value to that. Um, so one question that we've got in, and I don't know with where the line is right now, if this is something that's going to be answered anytime soon, but um, we've gotten a solar analog. We've gotten a Turok analog. Are we ever going to see a Magnus analog? Um, I would say... Or never say never. Uh, I mean, on some level, you you got a little bit of one in Divinity Three. Um, there was a character in there that I think you could equate a bit to Magnus. Um, yeah. If you ever want to revisit him, we yep. we certainly can. Um, I think it's possible. I think it all comes down to what's the story, what's the character, how does it how does it help the line grow. How does it help the audience grow? How does it deliver something that you guys, the faithful, are going to appreciate? So it's not something that we look to do for the sake of looking to do it. You know, we, we don't come up with divinity to say, oh, well, he's going to be our solar to so create divinity, right? We never, it's never our MO. It's not what we look to do as a company. So you could get it. Um, I don't know when, and I don't know exactly how, but it's certainly on the table as a possibility. That's fair. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. And so, so any special books? Um, I know that there's been the glass cover, the bronze cover, the metal covers, the oh, full gold. Oh, yeah. The so here's, here's my 9.8 fool's gold. Oh. oh. Right there. That's crazy. I showed you guys this. I had two point eight. I I had I had props ready for you guys. So this is a cool little thing. So this is the Bloodshot Rising Spirit, the first glass cover in the history of comics, as far as we know. Um. So before CBCS agreed that they could case and grade these books, we had to send them samples, right? And then basically what they did is they took the samples and they beat them six ways from Sunday um, <laughs> to test, to test the, the, the durability. And so what I actually have here, this is one of the samples, one of the three that I sent down to CBCS that they then sent back to me. So this is one of the first three ever cased for this cover ever, um, by CBCS, which is ridiculously fun. So you see, there's no marking on it. There's no label. There's no grade. Um, cause this was the beat copy. This is the one that they tested by taking a chair to. So <laughs> <laughs> that's no, awesome. but, no, it's amazing. But they, cause they had no idea. They had no idea if they could do it. So you've got to, you've got to send them a sample. You've got to give them an opportunity. And here's the cool part. Um, this isn't even bloodshot rising spirit. Number one, this was another book that we glued it down to because oh, nice. the book hadn't been yet. So that's the that's one of the really cool stuff about it. So it's you know, but yeah, like literally, they took a chair, they put it under like the legs of a chair and stomped on it with the legs. They threw it against the wall. They smashed it on tables, um, all trying to make it. The only thing that did is their case was cracking, not the book. <laughs> so um, it's that's good for the book. Then great for the book. It's great for the book. 
man, we, we have so much fun with this. And I think you're going to continue to see us having some fun with our covers. You know, we have the sort of Shanhara variants, which will come back with XO2 and 3 and 4 for sure. You're going to see, you might see some crazy things like this carbon fiber cover. Um, personally, I'm a big fan of the time capsule that we did for 4001 AD. Um, I would love to see if we could do something like that again. This was yeah. the 4001 AD number one Japanese edition that was inside the time capsule for those of you who may remember, mm -hmm. um, which I actually was responsible for getting the translation for. So nice. Yeah. No, I, I was working with a Japanese translator to get that book translated um, on time. I had like 48 hours to do it. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so all cool things. That's quick turnaround. It was very quick turnaround. Fortunately, my father had a language services company, so that did interpreting and translation. So I literally called my dad and was like, I need a Japanese translator now. And it was like, I got three of them. Which one do you want? It was great. Nice. It's nice when things yeah. work out that way. I mean, and, and to kind of go through everything, I, I know us as fans that we want things. Like I said, we want them yesterday. It's good to know that they're they're sitting there. They're being worked on. You're seeing pages of Yes. You know, of Ninjak, you're seeing pages of these. Um, I'm assuming that Savage is already done. Final Witness, you have the book right there in your hand. Um, Did we lose we him? Lost, we lost him. Oh, my oh God. man. All right. right in the middle of a sentence. Okay, so, Eric. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty impressive knowing that things are all getting in the works and they're, they're on the way. So I think it's awesome. And uh, I know we got upcoming. We're gonna have what Rye coming out next week. Rye coming out next. We have we have Rye coming out. We got more Bloodshot coming out. More yep. both on the way. I'm so excited for issue two of XO because the end of that issue one is him literally on the ground about to be murdered by a giant robot. So I would like to see you guys uh, figure out how if he gets out of that trouble or not. Quite frankly, so. Uh, it was a hell of a cliffhanger to leave an issue one on. <laughs> so we're really excited for these guys coming back in the, into the fold in the next month. But yeah, Rye is next up on the, the docket. So if you've not entered the Wild Frontiers, now is the time to do it. Dan Abnett has been everywhere all at once, talking about this book, singing the praises. Find a bajillion of his interviews, including one that you guys did with him, uh, to find yeah. out more. Um, one of the sweetest men in comics who absolutely is just having an absolute blast uh, playing in the 41st century with us here. So yeah, he was a joy to talk to. He is, he is a joy period. That's yeah. how I think. Dan. Yeah. I enjoyed him a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're definitely excited for what's coming. Um, I'm glad that, um, you know, we're getting a bloodshot announcement coming soon. Um, I'm excited to see what the panel brings um, that was announced today. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things coming. And um, are are there any other things that we should be watching out for? I know you said sci-fi. And um, yeah, are there any other things that we should be watching out for? Oh, yeah. Um, some of the characters that we talked about. Oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> take it. Um, the cream of the crop is on its way, gentlemen. Uh, but in all seriousness, it's uh, there's so many things in the works. I think if, if you are a collector of Valiant 
stuff. You're going to see an announcement pretty soon. If there are certain, you know, seven inch tall little things that you've, you know, got a whole bunch of maybe on your back wall there, Hooser, and you know, if, if you've been wanting to see some Valiant stuff like that in there, you, there might be an announcement sooner than later on that. Um, it's like this a guy might have some friends. I mean, he looks pretty lonely to me. Um, <laughs> I think that there's potential for, uh, you know, if you're into jigsaws, there, there's a whole lot of pieces of the puzzle that we've been waiting for for a long time. You guys have seen the announcements for the Shadow Man remaster game with Night Dive. Yeah. They just released a new trailer. We're going to be putting it up on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen it yet, you will by this weekend. Uh, give it a look. Um, you're going to be hearing more, I hope, soon about the Blowfish games. Uh, yes, I used plural on that. Um, so I think that there's, there's so many, unfortunately, so many things had to be delayed while the world's, you know, paused and got on, but so many of the announcements that we've been in the works on, the hardest part is putting it back into the timeline and figuring out where they come. So keep an eye out. The announcements are coming. I think October is going to be a hell of a month, uh, to be a Valiant fan and, so uh, be great times. So that's cool. And you make me bring, bring up one question. Sure. Only one? I'm yeah, sorry. Well, it, it, it's kind of a weird one, but it's one that I, you know. So when, when is COVID going to be brought out into the Valiant universe? <laughs> oh, when, when are we going to get the COVID bloodshot issue? COVID I'm not, not going to lie, Hooser. I was not prepared for that question. Um <laughs> I'm the VP of marketing, and I was not prepared for that question. Um, well, you know, I think that uh, I have no idea. I can't, give you, I, can't, I can't even give you guys a BS answer. I'm sorry. No, um, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it's. I mean, we things. know that Valiant entered the last year, uh, the last election. You know. That happened four years ago. There was some no, intertwined mean, with the universe there. So, I mean, this year election and the no, crap think, that's going on. I think, though, with, with COVID, you know, and it's it's one of those things. It's. I mean, I'm just saying KT saves the day. KT saves the day. But I think, you know, in all seriousness, it's when you see what's going on in the world and you see how, you know, this thing is progressing and the timeline for it. It's, it's one of those things where you've got to be really careful with how you bring something like that in. You have to be, if you bring it all. And, and I think that entertainment as a whole right now, you know, it, it's first and foremost, you have to treat what's going on with respect. You have to treat what's going on with the gravitas that it deserves. And with something like that, it's, it's not something you just bring in for the reason that it's topical, you know? And it's, we, we've all been so affected by this and it's it's one of those things where, you know, uh, if if it would ever make its way into a Valiant comic, I really don't know. Um, and it's it's not a decision that we would ever really make lightly, and it's not a decision that we could uh, ever even begin to make today, quite frankly, while we're still in it. Um, so, and I and I don't think it's right to uh, on some level. I think you you've got to be respectful for the suffering that the people are going through, you've got to be respectful for what you see every day in the numbers. And you know, this it's, it's one of those things. So it's, it's a whole different ballpark, unfortunately. I'm sorry to, to bring it down into a more serious. No, 
but but that 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 said with respect and you know what i mean and that it's appreciated yeah yeah so all right we gotta we gotta have one lighter note we gotta bring it back up to a, a lighter note to end on so oh if we have to talk about pro wrestling again, I swear to God. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know what's great is I have I have the kids right now. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They love Otis. It's Otis is their favorite wrestler. I mean, Otis is pretty amazing. Otis, yeah. Otis is pretty great. I, I can see Eric really loving Eric or really loving him. You. I mean, that would, we should. Yeah. Here's he's got the same beard. I think that we need to have a bonus episode one day where Hooser, you and I give Eric a show to watch and then we get back on the air. We talk about it with Eric yeah. um, as, as bonus content here and, uh, and just like have a ball and just dissect it and be like, so what questions do you have? I think it's two times we've been on here without Josh and Josh digs wrestling too. Like yeah. he, he introduced me to like the Jim Cornette uh, podcast, which is amazing. Right? So good. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's so much goodness there. And we do. We do need to introduce them to a couple things to have them watch. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I have recently gotten Greg back into pro wrestling. Um, he is he is now a pretty diehard uh, WWE and NXT watcher right now. We haven't gotten him into AEW yet, but we'll see. Um, but, AEW is uh, interesting. It's, it's growing on me a little bit. It, it has its moments. It has its moments. Yeah. I mean, for I, a WCW fan. You know, it's like the second coming of WCW in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it's it's, and I hope people give me hate for that on Twitter when they hear me say that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they know it's true. Um, so no, I think I think that'll be. I think that's a that's a someday. Maybe you know we'll we'll find a way, Eric. We'll and you can hate it as much as you want, or you can love <laughs> it as much as you want. I'm just saying, don't judge the casting by the announcement. You know, so, give it oh a man. Oh, All so right. he, but who's the one that mentioned John Cena? That was Eric there. I, well, tell you. Eric, I mean, it's, you know, he's, I mean, and then he was pretty pumped up when he heard Batista for a rumored for Eternal Warrior at one time. And he I loved John Hennigan as, you know, John Morrison. I think then, I think maybe it's 2008 SummerSlam because it's Cena versus Batista. John oh. Morrison was on the card. Like, I think, I think that we can, I think we can figure out the show for Eric on that one. <laughs> yes. Oh. You know, you know, Eric. Here, here's an old movie to go watch, and I think you would like it. It old Roddy Roddy Piper stars in it, and it's called Body Slam, and it's about oh, wrestling. I think the only Corey Corey Day, I think the, loved it. Only Roddy Roddy Piper movie I know is They Live. So, I mean, it's a pretty great one. Um, it's probably his best um, of all the the films that he's did that he's done. Um, certainly the most iconic, but he has done, you know, he, he has done a whole bunch. Um, so before I get out of here, do you guys want to see a tease? Yes, 100%, a million percent. Okay, hang on one second. Um, I'm going to, I'm trying to figure out how I can share this with you guys. So where can I drop this? Where can I drop this? It's JPEG. I'm literally just taking a screenshot of something that will be announced soon um, and cutting it up for you guys. Let's see. All right. Um, how can I give this to you? What should, what should we do? You want me to quickly email it to you and then you guys can put it up? I don't know how Hoosier make it work. Oh, Hoosier, you're muted. Hoosier, you're muted. I need to, you have to, you are a tech guru. 
Can't hear you. Email me. Email me at Hoodoo TV. Hoodoo TV. Hang on one second. Hoodoo TV at Gmail. Hoodoo. All right. It's coming your way. All right, fans. Hold on. Hold on, fans. Well, oh, hold on. Special. Subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Uh -huh. and, uh, all right. We're waiting for the World Wide Webs to girl to go ahead and show us what's going on here. All right. I I just emailed you. Dun dun dun. It has to go around the world about three or four times before it hits your inbox. <laughs> I, I'm not clicking every single time you hear that. Of course not. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Dario Rusev just went to AEW tonight. That is very true. Um, I think that was uh, to be expected, quite frankly. Um, I know there was rumors of him going to Impact, but no, it was, it was bound to be the way. Um all right. Oh, now I want to. Oh, is it able here. to see? Are you guys able to see that? Share uh -oh. screen. Let's see. Share screen. Oh, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we're having some issues. No! Um, I could figure it out. If you guys want to just keep talking, I'll figure it out. I, I just want it. I just want it on a record. We, we have a teaser for you guys ready to go. Stand by. This is what happens when you get really into it and you're just like, you know what? To hell with it. Let's do something crazy. Let's show you guys something new. Um, do you have any guesses, yes or no, Eric, as to what this is from and what it could be? <sighs> Just yes or no? Not, yes. You, yes. Ooh. Ooh. I, I have a guess of what it could be um, based on, you know, some recent things. So we'll see. Let's see. Um, no, but that's one of the funs. I mean, you guys, I, I just want to say, like, it's, it's always an honor to get to come on here. And I do use that word purposefully um, to get to come on and, and talk with you guys and interact with the fans because – we never take it from granted that we wouldn't be here without you. You know, I mean, you guys, you guys have been one of the beating hearts for, for these characters for a long time. And we, we really love having you guys. We love being able to come on here and interact with you directly. Um, keep up with our social media channels, you know, at Valiant Comics on Twitter, putting out crazy posts every single day, new fun questions, new fun casting, fan casting stuff, all the announcements going on. Um, keep an eye out on the Valiant Voice newsletter every single week. We have breaking in there. We have exclusive interviews coming. We have special deals for Valiant merchandise going on there as well that we've got planned out. So we want to be as available to you guys as we can across every platform. And, you know, every time that I get to come on here, and I know I can speak for Greg on this, that it's, it is you guys – no matter what's going on in the world, to get to come on here and interact with you and see that excitement, I mean, and and talk through all the questions. Hooser hates what I'm saying. He's just leaving. But um, but it, it's really an honor when Hooser doesn't just, you know, uh, ditch Bail. me. It'll be me. <laughs> I will tell you I'm not very good at. So it's, uh, yeah. So damn it, Hooser. Well, that's it. I'm never coming on here again. Bye, guys. No. Um. No, I uh, 
honestly, I mean, something that I, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Um, and uh, we appreciate Greg enormously, um, you know, and everybody from Valiant, um, whether it be people who, you know, are staff at Valiant or um, creators that are working on Valiant books. I mean, the level of access that you guys have granted us. Um, and I mean, we're just people who like comic books, you know. So um, are we. That's the beauty of it. We're all a community, you know. We're, we're part of the larger one together. And uh, and gosh, you know, if, if you can't find something to try and, you know, make yourself smile or give you some catharsis or give you a little bit of escapism, you know, right now and with, with the way the world is, you know, this is what's so wonderful about your show is that it's a place for everybody to come together and unite and to, to be with people who share a love. And that yeah. is a wonderful, beautiful thing that um, I think I appreciate more now than I ever have in my life with, with everything that's gone on. And it's, these are the sorts of things that really are incredibly important. You know, what you guys do and what the fans, the, the community that we all have where we, we lift each other up at the end of the day. We get into our infights, we have our differences of opinions, we, we argue, but at the end of the day, we're all here because we love these characters. We love being able to share this with each other and that's a beautiful thing. And, and it's all about reaching happen. out to one another and seeing those you. beautiful images. Well, well segued into, loser. Well oh. So oh. that is your tease, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. It will not be long now. My hand is reaching out to your hand uh, during this time. So. <laughs> oh, man. Touching you. Well, don't reach out. Just six feet away, though, guys. That's right. Yeah. Six feet away through the screen. You can reach out through the screen. That's okay. <laughs> so some cool things coming in the in the works, guys. And uh, I thank you guys for sharing that. I thank you for taking a look at that. And, um, yeah, seeing, seeing some color work there. So mm -hmm. um, hoping to see what uh, whose hand that is, who's it attached to, what body, what face it's attached to, and um, – what goodness we can get ourselves into in the future. I don't think that's what I guessed it was. Now that I'm seeing it. What'd you guess it was? I thought it was going to be something from a Harbinger, but now I don't think that's from Harbinger. I don't know. Then again, I don't know. It's got some crazy color work, uh, like, like neon colors and that Harbinger stuff that we've seen so far, the little teases, the teaser images we've gotten have been, pretty crazily colored in I a very good way. I wouldn't bet against it being Harbinger. Let's put it that way. wouldn't bet against it. All right. Now like we got to... I like that the longer you're staring at it, the less sure you are. This is really fascinating. <laughs> I... Anybody else got any guesses in the comments? Let us know what you think that is. Let us know what you think it is. I don't know. I... <laughs> I got nothing. I, Greg, I, Greg, what do you think it is? Let's yeah. see in your chat. Nope, Greg, you're not allowed to. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't listen, Greg. Nope, you can I'm pulling the boss card. He's not allowed <laughs> But, yeah, we're excited for that. And, again, everything you said, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys' you know, support of the show, of us supporting you, and just uh, 
you know, that's just kind of the way we, we want to keep rocking and rolling and, you know, get good comic books, get good, good community. Cause I think that was the, on it. I loved the comic books first and then the community is kind of what kept me. Um, so I want to make sure that the community keeps being flourished um, and cultivated to uh, um, create more uh, fans that love the things that we brought us into it when we came into it. So, yeah. Totally. Awesome. Well, we cannot thank you enough for coming on and, and joining us and, and answering our questions, um, humoring our stupidity sometimes <laughs> and um you know just being being a fan like us and um you know I, providing I, us a level of access that we're not going to get you know at any, really any other publisher anytime you want me on i'll be back awesome anytime well, I'm, I'm here i am sure that we will take you up on that and I hope uh so bring you back on and, and hopefully talk about some more new announcements coming soon. Um, thank you for the teases. Thank you for that image. Um, and thank you for um, giving us a little bit of some stuff to look forward to, whether that's the bloodshot or um, whether that's um, talking about potentially giving this guy some friends um, or whatever the case is. Thanks for, uh, you know, letting us know more things are coming because we're always happy to get more valiant stuff that we can, uh, you know, indulge in our love for the, the company and these characters. Yeah, it's my pleasure, guys. Always awesome. Appreciate it. And everybody there, appreciate everybody for jumping on. Thank you uh, so much, guys, for being in the comments. We really appreciate you watching. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, Dario, um, Sean, of course, Scott, Greg, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys rock. See Eric yeah. in there. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time, and um, hopefully everybody stays valiant.